0: to. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy30.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
2: It's time. It's time, time. Time to get in the zone. Time to
0: get in the zone
2: with the 49ers Web Zone.
3: This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone we No Huddle Podcast. We got Zane Mackie, We got Brian Rennick. We got the wet blanket who was dried last night, Al Sacco. And we are on the Odyssey Network, as always. And if you see this face... If you hear this voice, what does that mean, guys? What does that mean?
4: That's a victory pod. That is a victory
3: pod. <laughs> means I'm less
5: angry today than normal. <laughs> that
3: that, that <laughs> means that too. So, man, I, it was the first blowout win of the season. And I think that – well, I mean, they had a couple others that were, that were pretty good. But uh, this was the first time I feel like that this team has put together a full four quarters in one game. And they were phenomenal last night. They were just – Everything was working. Everything was, was sound. They executed well. Kyle was on point after a slow start offensively. I have, I have zero complaints and they went down to Mexico. The air was thin, but the scoring was heavy guys. And it was a lot of fun to watch.
5: I mean, where do you start? Do you start with the defense that hasn't given up any points in the last three games, a defense that's so good right now? We're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. They're good. We just expect it, you know, they're doing amazing things out there and people are just kind of shrugging their shoulders and saying, yeah, of course they are. Cause that's what they do every week. It's, it's, it's amazing to see, or do you talk about this offense that finally, finally it was a pick your poison type of night. And I loved everything I saw. And here's the biggest thing guys for me is I'm going to run through this box score real quick, because what have we been saying forever? Get people involved and in, in, they got everybody involved in this game. Jimmy was efficient and I got a lot to say about him later. 20 to 29, 228, four touchdowns. You, Eli Mitchell, nine carries, 59 yards. McCaffrey 7 for 39. Debo three for 37. Use check out a carry for four yards. Kittle, four receptions, 84 yards, two touchdowns. McCaffrey, seven for 67. Debo seven for, for 57. Ayuk two for 20 with two scores. And Debo, Debo touched the ball 10 times for 94 total yards. And McCaffrey touched the ball 14 times. For 106 total yards and Debo had that rushing touchdown as well. That was beautiful, beautiful play design on that. Everything was beautiful. So it was to me, just an example of how good this team can be and how dangerous they could be. And they just, just whatever Kyle wanted to dial up, it worked. And if, if they keep doing this as the season goes on and what McCaffrey is bringing to this team, which we'll also talk about today, sky's the limit sky's the limit. And and that's what I wanted to see. I needed to see something like that. And if it can continue, yeah, I'm starting that made me feel positive.
4: Yeah. It was interesting because really what we're talking about is offensive production like that in three quarters, because they had zero points after the first quarter. And I remember that because I remember tweeting and then looking like an idiot later, like I've never seen an offense with this much talent, make offense look so difficult. Right. Especially in that first quarter. Um And like I said, they scored zero points. So really they they scored 38 points in three quarters. I mean, it it doesn't get it doesn't get better than that. And like you said, Al, it it's what we expected, right? This is what we expected. I would argue, even prior to Christian McCaffrey getting here, but especially once Christian McCaffrey got here. And you know, honestly, I I don't know how you could even begin to really explain in words how important that Christian McCaffrey trade was not only for the franchise, but for Kyle Shanahan and even for Jimmy Garoppolo, because since Christian McCaffrey has arrived, right. And that includes the chiefs game, which Hey, you know, he was, he was there for two days, still had a lot of production, but since McCaffrey arrived, the 49ers have the number one offense in DBOA can't, can't get better than that. Right. Can't get better than number one. And it, it has allowed Kyle Shanahan to just get as creative as he possibly can, which is again, something that we've wanted from him, right. As, as someone who is, has that reputation and then Jimmy Garoppolo zero interceptions in three straight games for the first time in his career. Jimmy Garoppolo is playing the best football of his career period. Let's there's no argument there. I, I don't even, I'm not, you can't even argue 2019 and you want to know why? Because Jimmy Garoppolo right now his touchdown to interception ratio is 3.75, which is almost twice as twice as much as his, his career average, his career average uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's almost three times as much as a career average. His career average is 1.75, which meant for every 1.75 touchdowns he threw, he was throwing an interception. This season, it's 3.75, right? So it's almost four touchdowns for every one interception. That's elite. That is elite production coming from Jimmy Garoppolo. He's now at 15 touchdowns and four interceptions. I, I am here's your flowers, Jimmy Garoppolo. You have been absolutely nails since coming outside of that Denver game, since coming in to replace Trey Lance. And then specifically these last three games have been unreal for Jimmy.
3: And when they started the game, they started out really throwing it a lot, which kind of surprised me because I would have expected them to give the ball to McCaffrey and and feature Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell wasn't really featured at all in the first half, which kind of surprised me. And I think we'll get to that in a little bit, but they came out and they entrusted jimmy with this entire game with the game plan and kudos to kyle on that too for for trusting him with that because we haven't seen that type of trust from kyle very often when it comes to trusting jimmy and there are certain things that jimmy did that make me believe that he is a different quarterback this year maybe not permanently but at least in the stress that we've seen him and one of those things was the the touchdown to kittle the first touchdown where you know he had a first down an easy first down he climbed the pocket and just lofted it up over the defenders, kept his eyes downfield, lofted it up over the defenders and found Kittle wide open, and Kittle just did the rest, right? And that that was just uh, – so that's a play that we've come accustomed to seeing from different quarterbacks and not Jimmy, right? Usually we'll see Jimmy either run with that or he'll throw it to a covered receiver or he'll throw it to the other team. He doesn't do that. And the fact that he was able to break that down and, and make the defense kind of commit like that to him running the ball and just like whoop, popped it over them – that was a really good play, and there were some other small things where I don't I don't necessarily agree with Jawan Jennings being the deep the deep threat guy, but hey, Jimmy was targeting him in the end zone, and we don't see that from him. We don't see him taking those deep shots towards the end zone. You just never see that. So I feel like there's a lot of mutual trust between Kyle and Jimmy going on, and I think that this is probably they they're in the most harmony that they've been. In. Those two have been. Th- this is probably the most that they've been on the same page since they've both been here. And I think it's, you're seeing the fruits of that. And I don't want to, I don't want to gloss over out of the stat, the statistics that you kind of mentioned. And it's very important that specifically, I feel like when Kittle is involved, the entire offense opens up. Right. And, and I think that Kittle is actually the key when he's inside run blocking, he's not getting the ball. It seems like the offense is kind of stuck in neutral and the games where he's been heavily involved are usually the games where the team does better. So, It was nice to see that that they got involved. It was funny. I was watching the the Chiefs game from the night before, which was fantastic, by the way, the Chiefs and Chargers game, and Travis Kelsey got seven targets in the first half. And I was like, man, I would love to see that from the Niners to George Kittle. It's not going to happen too many miles to feed, but they got him involved early. They got him involved when they needed to. He got those two touchdowns, and I hope that this is one of the – like Jim Harbaugh used to say, right, the the old olives in the olive jar, right, getting stuck, and then one comes out and they all come out, right? I hope this is one of those scenarios for him.
5: This is real where quick, I'm a-
0: hold on,
4: out. I'll, I'll say real quick. I just wanted to speak to what Zane was talking about with coming out and throwing early. A lot of that had to do with what Arizona was doing on defense coming into the game. Vance Joseph said, uh, coming into this game, we want to make Jimmy G the reason they win if they win. And so they were actually putting six on the line and basically saying, we're not going to let you run. You're going to have to let Jimmy G win this game. And, and Jimmy G did. And so to me, what that does for Kyle is, is Kyle goes, look, they, they made us throw and Jimmy completed them. So I can start to trust him more, right? Because we talked about, does he lack trust in Jimmy Garoppolo? And I, I we've said that's part of the biggest issue with this offense. And Steve Young said it, right, last week. And so I thought that that was awesome, that essentially Arizona forced him to throw and Jimmy Garoppolo came through. So I, I think that allows Kyle to to start to dial some more things up, which is exciting.
5: Well, I think a lot of people lack trust in in jimmy and and what Jimmy's doing now to me is almost sort of an alex Smith ish redemption angle with the with the Niners. And you again, you just sort of look at what's happened with this guy. Look at this story. after two thousand and nineteen, you know, the Super Bowl lot, he takes a lot of heat for that fourth quarter in the Super Bowl war- warranted. And then the 2020 season comes in, you know, there were the Brady whispers and then he doesn't play super well and he's injured again. And then there were some, some discussion about, well, how injured is he? Maybe he thought he was more injured than the Niners did. And then he, you see him up in the press box or not, sorry, the press box, the suite watching the games. And then in the off season, they try to get rid of him the entire offseason. So there's a lot of whispers about Jimmy, right? And I know I'm, I'm wondering, well, did, did he really want to be out there? Was he that? I'm wondering all these things too. They're trying to get rid of him. Something's going on. And then obviously ultimately they end up with Lance and it's just a situation that Jimmy said himself, it was awkward. He didn't wish it on anybody, but he didn't make any waves last year. He didn't play particularly well. And maybe it was because of the injuries, but they still got pretty far, but still it was like, well, they got far in spite of him. We're going to trade him. And then they can't because of his shoulder surgery. And then what happens in this They because they can't go anywhere with him. He comes back to camp in another awkward situation here, go over here and throw on the side. And he said himself, yeah, they told me I had to be there. It's a pretty shitty way to treat somebody. I mean, Garoppolo hasn't exactly been treated really well here. I don't think you can argue that. Comes in this year again, and we're just all waiting for the trade deadline, right? When is this guy going to get out of here? And then Lance gets hurt. Fan base is pissed. Denver game happens, and we eviscerated Jimmy on the show. Eviscerated him. Hmm. Told him he was the reason for the loss. He's stepping out of the end zone. I'm calling him numb nuts or whatever I call them. Like, we absolutely destroyed him. And all he's done since then to me is earn my respect because he's had every opportunity to crawl in a hole, every opportunity to be a cancer, every opportunity to be a malcontent and be angry. And maybe inside he is, but he doesn't show it outside. He's been a good teammate. He's played really well. And I feel like McCaffrey coming in has kind of made him feel more comfortable. And look, the bottom line with Garoppolo too, his teammates love him. I know that for a fact, he's very well liked in that locker room. And you could see people, just look how they react around him. I mean, they're going to games with him. You know, he's one of the guys, his teammates love him. And Brian, you talked about some of these stats, his TDs, he's ninth in the NFL. And he he did miss a game, you know, because obviously Lance played the first game. He's ninth in the NFL with 15. His completion percentage is ninth. His TD percentage is seventh. His interception rate, 1.5%, which is terrific, is tied for seventh. Yards per attempt, he's fourth at 8.1. Rating, he's fifth at 104.1. His QBR is low, 21st. But overall, his yardage, he's on pace for about around 4,000 yards. He's just had a really solid season. He's 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 been one of the one of the you know quarterback plays been shit this year. Jimmy's been pretty good. Jimmy's been in the the upper. He's not elite, but he's 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 been in the upper tier. He's probably been in top 10ish QB when you look around the league this year. Right around there. So, just to me, again, not that he cares about my respect, and not that he has to be, he need anything for me, but just for me as someone who's done a lot of content and been covering the team and saw what was going on, and someone who was kind of out as out on him as the quarterback, he has brought me back into the point where do I think he's great and perfect and going to throw for four hundred yards and lead the Super Bowl? Pro- probably not. But I think he's done really well, and within the context of this offense, he can still continue to be successful. And good for him. He's proved me wrong. I think he's proved a lot of people wrong. And if you're raising a kid or anything, I used to say this about Alex Smith. You point to that guy and you say, that's perseverance. Like he, it's, he shows how the right way to do things. And I think you could point to Jimmy in the same thing. He has set a good example. He was shit on and he did not. He set a good example of, of how to handle that and be classy and move on and say the right things. And he's still out there helping his team. And it's worked out for him in the end and it worked out for Alex Smith too. So that is something I, listen, I've been critical of Jimmy right now. Like I said, I'm giving him his flowers. It's, I am. Listen, he could throw eight interceptions the next three games. I don't know. But to this point, <laughs> no, 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 really no, good. We can't have that. No, no, we can't he's have that. Really, don't jinx him. He's done really well and, and he's earned a lot of respect for me and kudos to him.
4: I think the smartest thing Jimmy Garoppolo ever did was not get on social media. Let's be perfectly honest.
5: I think he isn't. He, isn't he on social media? He's,
4: no he's
3: he's there but he's like tweeting he He might like like his sponsorship stuff i think that's it yeah
5: social media is in these guys you know it's yeah it's ridiculous (laughs) it's ridiculous yeah i mean yeah
3: twitter twitter has become a
5: cesspool really
3: like it's uh, but also if you're jimmy
5: you're like i mean girls love the guy he's a professional athlete he's rich what do you give a shit with three assholes on a podcast say (laughs) You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Like Exactly. Okay. I mean, fair like, point. Got fair point. Coming up to him, ignoring literally the other NFL players around him coming up to him. What does he care? The guy's probably yeah. skipping through life. No wonder he's happy all the time. Yeah. 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 What does he I, have I, to
4: not be I, happy about? <laughs> yeah. He's rich. He's
3: young. He's a good looking guy. And, and I, nobody knows about his relationship status, but yeah, like I think that, when it comes down to what Jimmy's been able to do, the, the, he has a specific role on this team, and it, he's by no means carrying the team. But I think that when you have a good team, it's not just one guy. It's it could be it's it's death by a number of ways, right? It could be Jimmy one week. It could be Kittle. It could be McCaffrey. It could be Mitchell. It could be uh, any number of guys. And we said this kind of in the open. It was the first time that we have seen that they've spread the ball around effectively to all of their weapons and everybody was included and everybody made an impact. And this is the first time we've been able to see the potential that this offense has. And that's what gets me the most excited now is that you look at some of the play designs that Kyle, the, the, the Debo reverse was beautiful that if y'all haven't looked back at that play, that replay, you need to see that replay and watch the misdirection at the beginning of that play, how Kyle basically like schemed that out and had everybody going one direction and there was two defenders on the backside of that play to block. To, to block. And it was an easy touchdown for Debo after that. It was just so beautifully designed. And when they're playing like that, and when they're hitting on all cylinders, they are a championship team. There are not very many teams that look good right now. There are only two teams right now that are in the top 10 in both offensive defense, Philadelphia and the Niners. Those are only two teams. And Philadelphia looks very beatable right now because they're they're struggling now. They struggle for two ga- two games straight. And you look around the league, and there is not one team you can say maybe Kansas City, but they the Chargers almost beat them. There is not one team that you can look at and say, "Hey, that team is not beatable when the Niners play their best ball." I'm not being a homer here. I'm being this is this is realistic here. And to to your thought, Al, like there's been a lot of bad quarterback play. By the way, this is why we put Kirk Cousins in his own category because he lost 40 to three at home against Dallas. Right? This is why he has his own category because he can't Mm -hmm. be winning teams. So I'm thankful that we have a guy like Jimmy that can show up in those games against winning teams to not F up. Like he, he may not be the reason that they win, but he's, he, he's not going to F it up to the point where you're just not going to be able to move the ball and just not gonna be able to win. So super thankful for that. I I do want to talk about, you know, the, the, the specifically the offensive line. Right. And, and I know that we talk about when they, when McGlinchey and, and they fail at times, but this unit, the non McGlinchey guys, believe it or not, have not allowed one sack this season. The other four guys, have not allowed one sack this season all the sacks have come from from or the quarterback just taking a sack there has not been one sack attributed to the other four offensive linemen and I think that's fantastic given the fact that you have three new interior offensive linemen
4: yeah the, the offensive line um Brad Graham of the SF Niners flooded the Twitter timeline today with just video after video of uh each offensive lineman absolutely owning the Arizona Cardinals defensive line it was a masterclass and then like you said uh Zane that uh that reverse again a masterclass of blocking i <laughs> to see Jake Brendel 40 yards downfield taking out Buda Baker as the last uh, last line of defense for before Debo scored his touchdown unbelievable right just unbelievable and i'm going to make a declarative statement here because we've been talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and and I'll I i do not even feel like this is controversial. If Jimmy plays like this in the postseason, there's not a team in the NFL that can beat the 49ers. I'll say that now. There isn't. If he continues to play like this, and and, and three games in a row played great. And I and and I I I genuinely believe, I genuinely believe that the 49ers went away from Jimmy Garoppolo because they knew that they had hit their ceiling as an offense with him as a quarterback. And there, there was like, what, what can we do? We can't do anything else with Jimmy Garoppolo. We need somebody right. That can add something to the running game and Trey Lance, and then also add something to uh, start attacking deeper down the field. Right. Uh, Cause teams had started to kind of put a very, very low ceiling on the 49ers offense. Right. Because they're like, Hey, he's not going to go more than, you know, 20 yards in the air downfield, we can creep down, start to, you know, play the run a little bit better, whatever. And I think part of why they thought they hit their ceiling is because they're like, we don't have somebody like a Christian McCaffrey on this team. And I genuinely believe that the addition of Christian McCaffrey has unlocked Jimmy Garoppolo and has raised the ceiling of this offense Uh, before McCaffrey came. Uh, the 49ers were three and three. They were scoring 20.8 points a game. They were uh, gaining 340.2 yards and they had a f- uh, third down uh, conversion rate of 41%. Since McCaffrey has been here, they are three and one. That one being the Chiefs, we can count it, whatever. He was on the field. Three and one scoring 28.5 points per game, 396 and a half yards per game and a third down conversion rate of 55%. 55. And the reason is Jimmy Garoppolo has a security blanket that gives him the confidence that if I go to my first read and it's not there and I go to my second read and it's not there, I don't have to get happy feet. I don't have to try and force the ball in. I know that Christian McCaffrey is my outlet and there's not a better outlet in the NFL. And so genuinely, I I believe that Christian McCaffrey, just his presence on the team has, has lifted Jimmy Garoppolo's game. And so I think that really is where we're at right now. And so again, it's a pick your poison offense, right? It's look, they went into 22 personnel and they had Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, uh, Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings on the field at the same time. You c- how? There's not another team in the NFL that can be explosive out of 22 personnel, right? That is a running personnel. That's what it's there for. That's what you do out of that. And yet you've got, what, five guys? Uh, what? No, six guys. Six guys that could theoretically go out in the pattern and all of a sudden your heavy personnel is on the field and now you've got linebackers trying to cover Christian McCaffrey or Debo Samuel or Kyle Juszczyk or George kill or Brandon. Right. So it, it just, it's just an exciting offense and it was exciting to see it click. And I think up until this point, it's just been about, we've got to, we've just got to ride it out, ride out the wrinkles, ride out the bumps until we're, we're on the same page as an offense. And it certainly felt like last night, that's where they got. And I will be very interested to see as they as they now plan for the new Orleans saints, not a great defense, but a decent defense. Right. And then the Miami dolphins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? What is this offense going to look like? Are we going to see the same offense that we saw last night? Is it going to be a little bit in between what we saw last night and what we saw against the chargers, but none of those teams that we just mentioned well, the bucks, the Bucs have a good defense, but new Orleans and, and Miami don't have the same level of defense that the chargers do. So I'm, I, I I, think I th- we're not previewing the game against the Saints, but I would expect 30-plus points just based on what we saw last night.
3: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
1: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and 3-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
2: Selling a little or a lot?
5: Because I feel like the peak of Kyle Shanahan was 2016 with the Falcons. I don't know if oh, that's no doubt. Mm-hmm. So I just went back and kind of looked at what the target distribution was like. And obviously Julio Jones was, was the monster there. And they had Sanu and they had Taylor Gabriel. But one thing that happened on that team is he had Freeman and Coleman combined for 85 catches that year. So obviously I didn't it's not like I watched every Falcons game that year, but I'm sure they were safety valves and, you know, check downs and things like that to get the ball to running backs hands. So Kyle, since he's gotten here has really made it a point to try to get himself sort of a do it all running back. Right. Or at least he's tried to get these running backs high in the draft. They, they really jumped for Jerick, Jarek McKinnon. Cause he thought, remember he said, I, I made the whole offense around him and I had to change my whole offense when he, when he blew his knee out. So Kyle's been looking for a back, like, Christian McCaffrey. And you look where McCaffrey is right now. He's got 21 receptions. He's on pace for 57 catches with the Niners and he started six games into the season. So he has that piece now, that running back that can be a big that he can put out wide that can be a matchup issue that he can move all over the place. So I wonder if that's going to help unlock what we've been hoping to see out of Kyle Shanahan. What we'll see. I'm optimistic. Like you guys are, but I mean, this was one game. Still have to make sure it continues throughout the season, but I think also McCaffrey is allowing people to relax. I think it's, he's allowing people to kind of fit into their roles and definitely allowing Jimmy to relax. Like you said, McCaffrey in his four games has 68 touches. He's been targeted 24 times in the passing game. Like I said, he's got 21 receptions. Um, He has three, four, four touchdowns when you consider the passing touchdown. So four total touchdowns. Um, He's got 47 carries for 209 yards, 394 total yards. He's converted a ton of third downs. He's definitely been Jimmy since he's he's gotten there. Jimmy's at 71.4%, 252 yards per game, eight and a half yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, one interception. So he has really allowed Jimmy to calm down. He's kind of been a different piece for Kyle. And Kyle looks like he gets a little McCaffrey happy sometimes. It's like a new toy. How can he not, right? To use him and and do a bunch of different things with him. But I'm really interested to see. And and Brian, like you said, it, it seemed like they figured it out last night you know me i always say well, let's we'll see we'll see if it stays consistent but last night was certainly phenomenal um will this allow Kyle to unlock the offense that we wanted him cuz maybe he's got all the pieces that he needs now and i mean you say oh, how many pieces does he need he's got everything well maybe McCaffrey was just the missing piece maybe that's going to allow Ayuk to be you know the wide out and Debo to kind of be the dual receiver and Kittle to start getting involved and get open again maybe it's going to do it and i certainly love the way that First, I was like, why is Mitchell not touching the ball? But I love what they did with him. They had mm-hmm. McCaffrey in the first quarter, and then they let Mitchell in. And, and Mitchell just looks like a – guys like a hurricane running down the field. He's fast, mm-hmm. strong. I love watching him run. And, you know, it's you get McCaffrey going, and then you, you pound it with Mitchell. Looks like he's running downhill. It was, it was amazing. So it's just – with McCaffrey, I just feel like it unlocks – I've seen a lot of the infinity gauntlet. Pictures of the Infinity Gauntlet, with all the guys' faces on and stuff, and people saying that. And maybe that's what it's like. Maybe it just, you know, Kyle's got the last piece that he needs, and, he, and this will unlock things for the Niners.
3: I think it's so important to have an outlet like that. Out, like you, you mentioned that how Jimmy probably feels more comfortable now having that. That's a staple of the West Coast offense, and let's not forget that Kyle Shanahan comes from that tree. It is a modified version of the West Coast offense, is, is what he runs, and. One of the things I thought back to when thinking about Kyle's offense and the expectations that we put on Kyle, if you think about it, when has Kyle ever really had like a high-flying score, a ton of points offense? It's not like that. It's it's like what you see now. It's like his dad's, his dad's offense was like this too with more running, but his dad's offense was very similar to this, right, with a lot of run after the catch, a lot of timing throws, a lot of that stuff. And the idea, I don't know where the idea came from that this would all of a sudden become like, and Andy Reid type, we're just gonna throw deep every down offense. And that expectation, maybe when Kyle came here, that's really the expectation we had because of the offensive mind that he was. But I feel like, and I really truly feel like what we saw last night is the Kyle Shannon offense. That's the offense. And it's not necessarily we're gonna we're gonna have a speed burner and we're just gonna throw deep every single down. And and that it is a methodical, very at times deliberate offense that has a purpose for every play. And sometimes you'll see those plays come back later in the game. Sometimes you'll see little variations off of them, depending on what the defense is doing. And when it works, it is phenomenal and is what you saw last night. So I think that for me, the expectations that I have for Kyle are what we saw last night. That's, that's the expectation I have. I don't expect them to put up 40 points a game. They're just not that type of offense, right? They never have been. And I don't think besides that 2016 season, I don't think has been that type of offensive mind. His offense is very systematic it's very deliberate. It's very calculated. And it is one of those things where it fits into the game, uh, much like any other sort of scheme or anything that fits in the game. It is not the game. It is a part of it. And the, the thing that I want to lead, lead into with that thought is that when his offense is humming, it keeps the defense off the field and limits their reps, limits their time on the field. It helps keep those guys healthier. It keeps Nick Bosa on the field longer because he's not rushing the passer as much. And the defense is more effective like that. The way that they won in 2019 was by controlling the ball. They led the league in time. They were second in the league in time of possession. And that's how they're going to win games going forward is that they're going to have to control the clock, control the ball. And they they can do that now by having a guy like Christian McCaffrey and having an outlet. So thinking, you know, looking over to the defensive side of the ball, they were, again, at the beginning of the game, they gave up a little bit to DeAndre Hopkins. And it's funny because... I feel like this was Mooney's worst game as a 49er, and he wasn't even that bad. He gave up nine catches, or I don't know if all nine of them were on him. Uh, several of them were on him uh, that that uh, Hopkins caught, but even having his worst game, <laughs> he was still really, really good, and the defense was still really, really good. They pitched another shutout for the third straight game in the second half, and they've just been lights out, lights out in the second half of games, which is when it matters. If you want to give up a touchdown at the beginning, that's fine.
1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.
5: Yeah, the defense, I said we we forget about it, but they're fourth in the NFL right now, 17.3 points per game. They've only given up 173 points the whole season, and that's with that KC game. So other than that, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was gonna
4: say, what would that look look like without that KC game?
5: Terrific. And they're first in yards allowed, they're second in yards per play. Second and first down allowed. Uh they're seventh in passing, they're first in rushing, and only giving up 3.4 yards per carry. I mean, you can't even you can't run on this team. 56 tackles for a loss, and Nick Bosa is just, I mean, just an absolute monster. Ten and a half sacks. Um, he's second in pressures in the league with 30, 12 tackles for loss. Guy's a monster. Guys an all-pro guy's one of the top five defensive players in the league, I think. And you got Charles Menehu on the other side, who I believe is 11th in the NFL in pressures. Just I mean, they got him for a six-round pick. He was a throwaway last year when they they were like three and five and they got him from the Texans. And it's like, oh, who cares? Well, now he's one of the top pass rushers rushers in the league. It's incredible. They just get Dre Greenlaw was flying around last night. Jimmy Ward gets a pick. They're just and they don't even have Eric Armstead. They don't even have Javon Kinlaw. Manuel Moses. That's the thing. That's the thing
4: about the run defense. They their two best run defenders are haven't been on the field since week what three? It's crazy. Mm
5: -hmm crazy yeah. and D'Amico Ryan's yeah again I keep saying and enjoy him while he's here because he's gonna add coaching job I don't see any way that he doesn't
4: yeah I I think Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator next year but that's just that's just me but here's the thing you you mentioned Charles amenahu Al mm-hmm. uh pass rush win rate top three in the NFL number one Miles Garrett number two Nick Bosa number three Charles Amenahu. That's crazy like again, underrated as, as, as all get out. Right. And another guy who just came back and has made a huge impact in the two games he's played Jordan Willis, Jordan Willis has had a huge impact. You look at, uh, you look at Samson Ebukam was not uh, did not dress for this game against the Cardinals. And Jordan Willis was the starting uh, end opposite of uh, opposite of Nick Bosa on uh first and second down. And then when the turbo package came in, which is their third down rush, you know, full on pin your ears back and rush, it was Bosa, uh amenahu and Willis on the inside and Jackson on the other side. Like <laughs> again an embarrassment of riches along the defensive line and it doesn't even include uh Armstead and kinla And then you had Kevin Givens who had a sack last night. Just, uh-huh. you know, mm. it's It it is, it is wave after wave after wave after wave just, and, and it, the defensive philosophy feels like it very much matches the offensive philosophy in which we're here to just grind you to dust. That's what we're here to do. So that by the time the third and fourth quarter runs or comes around, you've got players that are making business decisions and not even attempting to tackle guys like George Kittle Mm -hmm. on their way to a touchdown, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're just done. They are done. They've been absolutely mauled by this offensive line that has quite possibly the freakish most freakish athlete ever seen in the nfl and trent williams right i mean the way that that guy moves at i mean he's listed at 318 there's no chance he's 318 pounds he's he's more than that and the just the way that he moves and the way that he just throws dudes around and it's just it's just really impressive and then on that defensive line again it's wave after wave after wave, right? These guys aren't getting tired because they're getting subbed out so often that, you know, they're, they're coming in fresh. And the guy that stays on the field the most is Nick Bosa. And he's again, a physical freak who, you know, is just as good at the first snap as he is at the you know 65th snap. So, I mean, I, I don't know that there's enough superlatives to talk about how good this defense is, how good this offense was last night, but all I know is that when, when this, like I said, when this team plays this way, which we haven't seen consistently yet. And, and as our, our not wet blanket, but damp blanket reminded us, right? He's a little less, he's a little more dry now. Um, It's a let's see, right? It's a let's see. And that's fair. I mean, it's fair because this is the first time we've seen a performance like this. If we see it again next week, then you start to go, okay, Things, things have started. They've started to figure things out. They've started to figure out how to be more consistent. And if there's one thing that has been a pattern in his entire tenure in, in, in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan teams are really, really, really good in the second half of the season and into the playoffs, Mm -hmm. as long as they are not too injured to, to be good. right? Right. Um, 20, 2020, right. Um, really is the one that i'm thinking of and then 2018 he didn't have a quarterback let's just throw that one out so it it's it's exciting it's exciting to to be a fan of a team like that because like i said it's 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 fun to watch and i don't think that there's a team in the nfl right now that is like yeah i want to see those 49ers in the playoffs because i think every team in the NFC's is crap in their pants right now uh thinking about having to face that team because there isn't anybody better in the NFC when they're when they're firing on all cylinders.
5: No, I was just going to say I wanted to answer a question that we got. Um, are any of you guys nervous about OBJ maybe going to Dallas? I don't think he's any better than what they had last season. Overrated, with a solid wow. receiver. Um, I, what worries me about Dallas more than OBJ is that I feel like they've unlocked their potential by unlocking Tony Pollard, and mm-hmm. I feel like now that they've got him going and he's really been kind of the maybe the even the focal point lately. That can get that offense going, and Micah Parsons' net pass rush could be a big problem. Big problem if they get going and get get things together. They didn't scare me as much last year. They do scare me a little bit more this year. Um, Philly scares me because Philly's really good on the lines, like the Niners are, and they could they could slug it out with the Niners if they had to. So those are the two teams that scare me probably the most right now in the NFC.
3: Yeah, I'm not so much scared of OBJ like you. I'm I'm more so last year when they played in the playoffs, I was so thankful that they were featuring Ezekiel Elliott more than Tony Pollard because Tony Pollard, he is, he is easily the better back and they've got 50 million invested in Zeke Elliott. So they, they have to play him, but Tony Pollard, I felt this way for a couple of seasons now that he is the better back and he should be getting more touches. And now they're finally realizing that and they're giving him the ball and you're seeing what's happening, but you know, a lot can happen before now in the playoffs in terms of, seating and, and injuries and a lot of stuff, right? So there's a lot of stuff in the air, but Odell Beckham going there. I think that if he's not better than anything that they had last year, plus coming off that ACL, if he, even if he came here, right, that's, that's basically like an 18 month injury in terms of getting back to full speed. So he's not going to be completely recovered from that until next season. So even if he came here, he would just be a role player. So if they're asking him to, to carry the load in Dallas, it's, it's something different than just being a role player, even as a role player. You're taking the ball out of your best offensive player's hands, which is Tony Pollard right now. So if Tony Pollard Tony Pollard gets less carries, I'm cool with that. That's fine with me. But what I was what I was gonna say was, yeah, I, I think on on the defensive side of the ball, they were just fantastic. And Sammy Womack had had his first pick in his career. And I think you got so, you got something there. I know, Brian, you're a big Sammy Womack fan. I am as well. I think you've got something there with this guy. Repeatedly on special teams, first of all, shout out to Mitch Wisnowski. Another phenomenal game. I a fantastic game from him. And he's been consistently good the, the entire season, all pro punter. If you want to talk about punters on this, so we give you everything on no huddle podcast here. We'll give you a punter right. talk too, but
5: <laughs> he's been, he's been he great. Was,
3: he's been great. He was fantastic. He was great. And, and Womack has been fantastic at downing punts inside the 10 yard line inside the five yard line. And I think that you've got a player there in Samuel Womack and a guy that can fill in if you, if you really need him to. And if one of, you know, Mooney Ward or Mosley goes down and you feel like Lenore can't get the job done, or if you don't want to take, put Ward in the slot, you want to put him back up top, then you can put Sammy Womack there and he'll be fine. So I think that just this, this embarrassment of riches, as you said, Brian, like at multiple positions is finally coming to fruition. You're seeing what this team
4: can finally do. Yeah. I would say Womack, Womack's a ball hawk. Womack, even in college, um, you know, he led the, he led the nation in, in past breakups at Toledo, um, playing outside. And, um, I, I couldn't figure it out. Maybe you guys know it, when he came in the game, was he playing outside or was he playing inside? I thought he was playing outside. I thought they moved outside. Yep, outside. Uh, they moved Lenore down into the slot when Ward came out, right. He had cramps or whatever. And so they moved Lenore down into the slot and then put Womack outside. I thought was interesting because initially it seemed like Womack was destined for the slot. So um, yeah, I, I think he needs to see the field more and he's been an ace on special teams, which is always going to uh, endear him to the coaching staff for
5: sure. And the big thing with the Niners is they try to go on another second half run here. Their next three games, four out of their next five and five out of their last seven are all at home. The only two away games they have are at Seattle, which is going to be a tough game. And then at Vegas, which I don't think will be as tough of a game, but that's huge, huge to me. There's no reason they can't finish five and two right now and, and get to that 11 wins. I think they'll be fine. Seattle's got an easy schedule. Seattle may get to 11 two So that game is going to be huge that they play against each other at Seattle. So we'll see, but this weekend coming up, obviously we're not going to do a preview show with the holiday, but I'm definitely picking the Niners. I think the Niners are going to win this game easily. I mean, Andy Dalton against that pass rush. I'm not <laughs> worried at all here at home. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's. It's going to be. It, I'll say 30 to 17. I, th- I think it's going to be fine. I think. I, I think this will be a pretty easy one this weekend.
3: Yeah, the the New Orleans Saints have actually. The funny thing about them is that of all of their games, they played 11 games this season. They have allowed less than 20 points one time, and that was to the the Raiders, who who they shut out. They have allowed. Over twenty-five points. Let's see: one, two, three, four, five. They have won over twenty-five points six times this year already. So Next. the Niners, you know, this is one of those where it's it's got trap game written all over it. But you got to have it because, like Al, like you said, like there's a gauntlet coming up, and there's a couple unfavorable mm-hmm. matchups with with the Dolphins. I feel like, and and Brady coming here, I, I, you know, that's one of those where you 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 don't know. And going into Seattle, I think that what's up, ruthless. What's, uh, I think that they have to have this game. I, I've been saying that you got to get to 10 wins to get in the tournament, and I feel like they can do it because at the, the, the end of the season, those games there, you've got a Raiders game, you got a Commanders game, you got the second Cardinals game there. Those are all winnable games. So you got to have this one against the Saints, and I think they will. And I feel like it's going to be another kind of sound performance from the offense control the ball. It may not be a blowout like it was against the Cardinals, but I think that they should win this one. I'm going to give a prediction of 28 to seventeen.
4: Yeah. uh, Agreed. Um, you know, I'm going to keep the trend going. And, uh, so far I picked the 49ers every week. Um, and I will, (laughs) I will probably continue to do so. (laughs) Um, uh, well, again, the, I going into the season, I thought that, you know, I thought that they had the, the, the potential to win 12 or more games, which meant that more often than not, I was going to pick them. Um, so, you know, uh, again, I've been made a fool four times so far, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, 31, 13. I don't think, I don't think this, I don't think this new Orleans offense is really going to be able to get anything going. The only thing they have going for them is Chris Alave. Um, and we saw what happened with the, with the Cardinals who have Deandre Hopkins, who is great. Um, but you know, if you don't really have anyone else, uh, I mean, I guess Greg Dortch had a pretty good game. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just don't see them scoring very much on this defense. Uh, but Zane, I do agree. There is a, an element of trap to this game, uh, specifically because it's new Orleans, but then it's Miami, which I'm sure the team and Kyle Shanahan have circled for a while. Uh, the bucks who, you know, are, they've got Tom Brady, like you can't ever overlook them. And then that Thursday night game in Seattle. So uh, hopefully that they don't, you know, they don't overlook this, but, but I agree. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 3113. uh, it's going to be an absolute, uh, demolition. Uh, but before we get out of here, I did want to ask you guys a question. Cause I thought this was interesting and I don't feel like there hasn't been a whole lot. Uh, reporters haven't really asked questions like this and we haven't heard a whole lot about his role thus far. And I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is playing the best Football of his career so far. And he also has a new quarterback coach in Brian Greasy. What it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that's just a coincidence. So my question to you guys is how much do you think Brian Greasy or, or, or Garoppolo's success can be attributed to Brian Greasy specifically? Because to me, the element of Jimmy Garoppolo's game that has been better, which has made his overall game better, is is the mental part of his game, specifically mm-hmm. getting through his reads, making the right read, and then getting off reads and 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 going to the outlet and things like that. Brian Greasy, as a quarterback's coach, his whole his whole role is to really digest and, and interpret the offense for the quarterback. Because he's played in this offense. Do you think that he's able, better able to communicate it to Jimmy Garoppolo in a way that Garoppolo is better understanding it?
5: I think it's a factor. Uh, I think it's got to be a factor at this point. Um, But I also think, I think maybe Garoppolo is playing a little free, more free and easy because again, what, what's the worst can happen at this point? They've already, you know, two years of, Hey, get the hell out of here. And I think, I think never underestimate the contract year. I think that too. So I think it's kind of a perfect storm, but yes, I do think greasy is a part of that. Yes, absolutely. I think he's done a good job. And anytime you see a QB kind of take a step like this, I think, I think you have to look at that. And I, and I agree with that. Um, And and someone just mentioned throwing the ball away in this year too. He's just making better decisions. He's not trying to force things. And also the, 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 McCaffrey factor, I think it's just been a perfect storm of everything that's helped, but I think Greasy's part of that storm.
3: Yeah, I agree. I'll buy that. Yeah, Greasy is definitely part of it. Remember when Alex Smith got really, really – like his career turned around was, was when Jim Harbaugh came, and Harbaugh, being a former quarterback, spoke his language, and to have a, a coach like that on your staff that essentially speaks the same language as you because he's played the position is huge. So I think that's – it's great. And one more thing before before we do get out of here is we're up against it. Guys,
5: Zach Wilson, what do you I, – I, so oh, this I is we this, talked about it last show a little bit. Did, did we, maybe we did. I don't know. He's done. So I, this is the reason why this is relevant. Eat him alive. Yeah, this is
3: the reason why it's relevant because I think that that's a potential landing spot for Jimmy next year. If, if he does walk Yeah, and yep. I think 100%. that they're out on Zach Wilson, like you can't have that leading your team. And I know you guys may have talked about it, but I just, I, I saw that and I was like, that's just so ridiculous, man. This guy has no accountability at all. And you can't have that. And that's a prime landing spot for Jimmy because they're a quarterback away from really being a, a pretty decent team over there. And I feel like that is a, a prime landing spot for him. He, he knows the coaches, they know him. And that's, that's my preferred landing spot for him next year.
4: If he's not here. And they have the money that the 49ers don't. If, even if the 49ers did want to bring him back, the jets yep. wouldn't, the jets would be able to outbid them. Hmm.
5: Yeah. What do you, what are you guys got doing for Thanksgiving? Anything fun? Do you guys have like traditions you do or like, cause my tradition, cause we do a friend's giving. Cause we don't really have any family where we live. And um, I just drink whiskey. That's my tradition. <laughs> So, I'm gonna drink <laughs> yeah. a lot on Thanksgiving. I, a I drink whiskey, and that's what I'm gonna do. We're thinking maybe getting about a bottle of Weller this year, a little bourbon, I'm gonna do okay. some of that.
3: It's a little special. Okay. Okay.
5: Oh, no. yeah.
3: Um, yeah, we, we have Friendsgiving, and we also have family as well. So, uh, we'll do like a Friendsgiving earlier in the week. Um, and then, uh, we'll do like a Thanksgiving with the family. But you know, the turkeys, uh, I'm brining the turkey tonight. It's gonna get marinated tomorrow, and uh, it's gonna have the special smoky marinade that I'll share with you guys off air if you want it, and um, you know throw it in the oven. I do have a smoker, so next year maybe we'll smoke it. But throw it in the oven and watch football all day, man. And that's what it is. It's that's I mean that's a tradition for everybody, right? One
5: hundred percent.
4: Yeah. um, Unfortunately, none of the games look terribly good, um, but that's okay. Uh, It's still football, right? And, and it's better than anything else that's on TV. Uh, My wife likes to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving day parade. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not terribly fond of it, but, but we do it. Um, And then uh, my in-laws, we actually share a back fence. My in-laws live behind us. Oh, nice. Um, And so there's, yeah. uh, Oh, no, it's fine. It's great. Okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good or bad bad. Yeah. To, to me, it's always like, as long as, as long as that's okay with, with, you know, my wife who it's her parents, right? They're not my parents. I'm fine with it. Um, and so there's a little gate in our fence and our girls get to go back and forth and it's great. But, uh, but yeah, we'll be over there. Um, you know, traditional Thanksgiving, uh, Turkey uh, mashed potatoes. Uh, we make this, uh, my wife makes these, uh, they're called North stars. It's a, like an old pampered chef recipe and it's just French bread. But then you have this, uh, mixture of like uh ranch dressing, um, uh, Swiss cheese, uh, cream cheese and, um, diced up bell peppers. And you throw that in the oven. It's like my favorite, Ooh. uh, my favorite, uh, I guess uh, appetizer. So um yeah, it'll watch football, go hang out and um and then go into a food coma afterwards.
3: What what are you guys' must-have sides? Like what is it if you had one side Thanksgiving side, what what, what would oh, it have to be? Must have.
5: You know, you know what I like is like the sweet potatoes with the um I was gonna say mushrooms, my god, it's been marshmallows with the marshmallows on top. Yeah, oh, yeah that's what I'm all okay. about. Like just give me lots of that with the whiskey also whiskey, but <laughs> of course I have it. <laughs> Brian Marshall. And uh, the whiskey. Brian, what and about your Uh
4: You know, honestly, like I, you just can't go wrong with a, with a good mashed potato. Like I, I just, I love mashed potatoes they are so versatile. Um, and, but outside of that, cause I feel like, again, that's, that's kind of, that's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I, I would have to say, Uh, yeah i i I was trying to go away from mashed potatoes but i can't that's my favorite so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that i'm gonna go mashed potatoes
3: that's a good one that's a good one that's that's like that's that's like the jimmy garoppolo of sides right it's solid it's not spectacular but it's solid right like it gets it gets the job done so it gets elevated
4: by everything around it that is
3: exactly there you go right
4: That's so, that's so true. I can't wait
3: to, I can't wait till David puts this in the description. Jimmy, the mashed potatoes, the Jimmy Garoppolo sides, <laughs> but, but since we're not doing desserts, um, I would have picked, you know, apple pie or, or pecan pie for dessert, but man, I love a good mac and cheese, like a smoky mac and cheese. That's a good one. And have you ever
5: smoked mac and cheese, Zane? No, using the
3: smoked cheese, like having like using uh, cooking with smoked cheese.
5: Oh, okay, because you could smoke it too. I've seen recipes in the smoker because I'm a big smoker guy too. And no like, wait, do, do you have a smoker? Yeah. Yo, yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah, we didn't know this about each other. We got to talk. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we got we <laughs> definitely got to talk now. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we got to start talking. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize this about you, but yeah, you could smoke the mac and cheese too. I saw a recipe for it that I'm going to try at some point. I'm
3: very interested. Let's let's yeah, talk about But oh, mac yeah, and cheese, yeah. the smoky cheese in there, and the secret, guys. The secret to this. A sprinkling, a dusting of hot Cheeto dust on top of it. Oh, yeah. Ooh. That sounds delightful. Takes it to the next level. That is so there <laughs> you go. Hey, like I said, we are a diverse show here. We talk about punters, we talk about Thanksgiving, we talk <laughs> Thanksgiving about sides, sides, we talk about everything. Al talks about his his whiskey. We have everything for a, every all of our listeners. And we got a lot That's of good right. content showing one, coming up, too, right? Al? One stop shop. My, my borderline alcoholism. What'd you say, Zane? <laughs> That's we got a lot of a lot of good content coming up, right, guys.
5: Yeah, as long as the absolutely. 49ers are good. Yeah, <laughs> keep winning, please, so people keep listening to to the yeah, show. There we go. That's right. Oh. All, right, All right, we get out of here. Have happy, happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.
3: Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.